0: There is an idea in Christianity, or what we could call an article of faith, which is that Jesus will return to earth to complete his work and establish his kingdom forever. Or we say in the Nicene Creed, he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. Now this article of faith goes back at least as early as the Apostle Paul. In his first letter to the Thessalonians, Paul told them that the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, he will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. That's what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians. Paul uses the imagery of a king arriving at the city gates and his subjects going out to meet him there to describe what Jesus' return will be like. And Paul expected that this event would occur in his own lifetime. Obviously, it didn't. It didn't happen then. And as far as we know, it hadn't happened yet, unless it happened and we don't even know it. I don't think that is the case. Uh, So the horizon for this to occur is getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back to something that we think may happen some. Day. Now people through the years have, have thought they knew when it was going to happen by reading certain signs and certain things happening in the world, identifying certain current events with things that are in the Bible to point to that it's, it's happening. But the day when the day they predicted comes and the day goes and nothing happened and they have to revise their predictions in light of that. Perhaps they should have taken heed of what Jesus says here about that day and hour. No one knows. Now the angels... Of heaven, nor the Son of Man, but only the Father. This means that Jesus Himself, the Son of Man Himself, doesn't even know when it will be or when it will happen. And Jesus likens it to the days of Noah. He says, Then they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. And when the Son of Man returns at that time, two will be in the field, one will be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal, one will be taken, one will be left. In both cases, Jesus really is just describing people going about their everyday, ordinary life. They aren't necessarily evil or bad or anything. They're just working and getting married and and eating and drinking. Just living life. And it's in the middle of that that Jesus is saying that we are to keep awake to be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Sounds ominous. Well, Jesus tells this to the disciples as part of a much larger speech that he gives in the gospel according to Matthew. The fifth of the long speeches that Jesus gives in that gospel. And he, at that time, Jesus and the disciples were in the city of Jerusalem and they were uh, near the temple. And the disciples, kind of being guys from the country, were in the big city and they, they're, they're, they marvel at how grand the temple is. And they say to Jesus, you know, look at the buildings of the temple. And then Jesus says, well, you see all these, don't you? Well, not one stone will be left upon another. All of them will be torn down. Which probably blew their minds. I mean, how can the temple itself be torn down? And so later they ask him or say, tell us, when will this be? And what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? And so Jesus goes into this long, uh, this long speech to describe the signs of the arrival of of the New Age, which involves false messiahs and false prophets, wars and earthquakes, persecutions and sacrilegious are all to occur. And then the Son of Man will arrive, coming in on the clouds, with power and great glory, and he will send out his angels and they will gather the elect from the ends of heaven. So this speech, like I said, all this is kind of ominous, this speech reflects an apocalyptic worldview held by some people in ancient Israel. Apocalypse means to reveal, it means to disclose, and it took the form in literature, like the book of Daniel or the book of Revelation, in which God reveals to the author of those books that is what has been hidden from others, God reveals it to them. And in the apocalyptic worldview, time is divided into two ages, periods, or eras, There's the current evil age, which is under the control of Satan and his demons. And then there's the new age, in which God rules completely over history. And as part of that transition from one age to the other, there's a cosmic struggle or battle between God and the powers of evil, which God, in the end, wins. So this is all background to what Jesus is talking about today, when he tells the disciples, when they ask him, what the sign of the coming age will be. Now, we believe that the new age the disciples are asking about began with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. But it is not yet complete or come to fulfillment. We believe in the life of the world to come, and yet we see a distance uh, from here to that world. Though there are indications that the kingdom of God is among us, though there are indications that the kingdom of God is among us, we are still beset by sin, failure, injustice, violence, and the like. And so we look forward to the day when Isaiah says, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. And we believe, we believe that God will bring to completion the fulfillment of what is already, we have already begun to experience now in Christ. God will bring it to completion. So so now, in this era of, of the now but not yet, how are we to live? How are we to be awake and ready as Jesus tells us to be? Well, one way of doing that is to embrace the Stockdale Paradox. Anybody heard of the Stockdale Paradox? I see no recognition of the Stockdale Paradox. Okay, that's okay. So, Jim Collins, in his book, Good to Great, Jim Collins is a business author, wrote uh, built to last, and his follow-up book was Good to Great, talking about how good companies became great Companies, And one of the ways they do that is by embracing the Stockdale Paradox. Uh, It's named after uh, Jim Stockdale, Admiral Jim Stockdale. Uh, He was, most, a lot of us may remember Admiral Stockdale from, he was Ross Perot's running mate in 1992. But before that, he was a decorated naval officer, and before that, he was a prisoner of war at the Hanoi Hilton for eight years during the Vietnam War. And so Collins had the opportunity to interview Stockdale, but before he did so, he read a, a book that Stockdale and Stockdale's wife wrote together, Alternating Chapels, about his experience being a prisoner of war and her experience being the wife in the United States with a, with a husband who was a prisoner of war. And Collins said that while he was reading it, he could not understand how Stockdale could maintain any hope without knowing how the story ended, of not knowing when or if they would ever be released. But Stockdale said, I never lost faith in the end of the story. I never doubted not only that I would get out, but also that I would prevail in the end and turn the experience into the defining event of my life, which in retrospect, I would not trade. I guess the, the lesson of that, that he, what he experienced was so powerful and meaningful that he wouldn't have traded it. But Collins asked Stockdale, well, who didn't make it out? And Stockdale said, That's easy. The optimists. The optimists. He said that they were the ones who said, we're going to be out by Christmas, and Christmas would come, and Christmas would go. And then they'd say, we're going to get out by Easter, and Easter would come, and Easter would go, and then Thanksgiving, and then it would be Christmas again. And Stockdale said they died of a broken heart. So the lesson Stockdale took from that was, You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end with a discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. Basically he's saying you have to hold faith while acknowledging the dire circumstances you might be in. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end with a discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality. And so that's what Collins calls the Stockdale Paradox. So we live in the tension of now, but not yet. Within that tension, we can be ready and awake by confronting the brutal facts of sin, error, and death, while at the same time holding our faith that God will, in the end, overcome those things with forgiveness, truth, and life. We must never lose faith in the end. Of the story that one day nations shall not lift up sword against nation, and neither shall they learn war anymore. We must not lose faith that we will one day walk fully in the light of the Lord, as Isaiah said today. But about that day, about that hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son of man, but only the Father. So may, so may we this advent, resolve to stay awake by keeping that faith. And by doing so, we will be prepared for when the Son of Man arrives. Amen.